This episode of the Italian Australian podcast was recorded on Wadandi Wadjak Nunga Budja. We pay our respect to elders past, present, and emerging, and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to this podcast. Before we get into this latest episode, Josie's got uh, a little bit to say on the awesome night she had at the Sound of Italy Song Contest at the Regal Theatre here in Perth. How was that, Josie? Hi, everyone. Yeah, that was a really, really good night. It's a shame that Lucas wasn't able to get there as well. Um, but yeah, so I went there on Friday night and yeah, it was so great. So I just wanted to give that a mention before we get into the show tonight. Awesome. Yeah, no, it um, was a shame that I missed it, but... Um, seeing all the social media that you did and the photos and some videos that you got and yeah it really looked good and um, I'm yeah jealous you got to see James Liotta in action and I heard that was amazing so um, of course he was shout hilarious. out to you James of great course. job as always uh, we look forward to chatting with you and seeing you next year um, but yeah shame I missed this one but hopefully I can make it next year and from all reports it was an awesome event so yeah, it was so, so good. Um, yeah, so the recycling joke from James was amazing. So for anyone who didn't see him on Friday night, I guess we can yeah, mention again, he's got his um, solo tour coming next year, 2024. So we'll be going to that. Um, but yeah, The Sound of Italy was just such a... Yeah, there's a lot of good performers, Josie. Yeah. A lot of um, good young kids and um, some people a little bit older as well doing some mm. awesome Italian songs. Yeah, it was fantastic because I wasn't really sure what to expect about the night uh, prior to going, but I just um, thought I was you know, really keen to go and check it out. It sounded like a fun night and well done to everyone who performed as well. Mm, Top yeah, effort and so good. Uh, awesome. Tina Altieri was the MC and she did a really, really good job. She was like, yeah, really funny and just was keeping everybody in line as well. So that was great. Awesome. And yeah, it was just so nice to see. Um, you know, everyone there celebrating Italian culture and, of course, just Italian music. You know, you forget how beautiful it is when you're not listening to it. Like, yeah, especially live as well. But when I see these songs performed on a stage in front of you, it's pretty nice. Oh, and the band they had as well. They had a six-piece band. Yeah, right, the, okay. um, Sammy Pizzata band. That's playing. right, yeah, of course. And, and there were also three singers in addition to that. So there were, you know, nine musicians on stage plus the person who was um, in the competition. So, uh, yeah, really, really good quality entertainment. So, awesome. And shout out to all the sponsors as well. Um, we helped uh, for the event. And, yeah, hopefully I can make it there next year. Uh, but, yeah, we just thought we'll touch on that before we get into this episode. And you hope, uh, we, sorry, we hope you enjoy this chat coming up with Bianca Santucci. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'd just like to make special mention to our very good friend, Daniel Taliano, who's very sadly lost his grandmother just recently. So on behalf of Josie and myself, we'd like to extend our sincere condolences to the entire Italiano family, um, and especially to you, Daniel, and just let you know that we're thinking of you all and sending you our love. Bentornati a tutti, and thanks for listening to another episode of the Italian-Australian podcast. I'm Josie Dacqui. 
and I'm here as always with my brother Lucas. How are you? Very, very good, Josie. How about you? Really good, thanks. That's good. And we have a guest today to interview from Sydney, Australia. Uh, we have Bianca Santucci. How are you, Ciao. Bianca? Buongiorno. Buongiorno, Bianca. How good. are you? Good, good. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for being for, here uh, with us. Yeah, for having me. No, no worries. Looking forward to having a chat with you for sure. Now, Bianca is one of our listeners who has reached out, the first one actually, who's reached out and approached Lucas and I and said that she'd love to be on the podcast. So we're so thrilled to have received her email. Yes, big time. That's um, and anybody else as well. We um, we've always said from the very start, we love interacting with you guys. Um, and that is really what our show is all about—to get to know people, um, and expand, um, yeah, things that we know about the culture, and um, to hear other people's stories as well. So we're thrilled to be having a chat with someone, um, and over from the eastern states as well. So, uh, which is always very, very nice. Yes, for sure. So, Bianca, um, please tell us what made you uh, get in contact with us. So, me being, um, you know, growing up in an, an Italian uh, family and community, I had, um, I, I wanted to connect with you guys and and reach out and and see what what the Australian Italian podcast was all about, and and I wanted just to be able to reach out to other you know, Italians and, and grow my connections in, in, in the community. Awesome. So Bianca, um, from your email, I know um, you've, you've spent a little bit of time in Italy and um, I know you uh, wrote to us and said that you've done a few really, really special trips over there. So can you let us know a little bit about your time there and um, your family back over there and all that sort of stuff? It sounded really interesting. Yeah. So I recently was, was on, on a trip um, to Italy with my, my parents. Um, I, Took, took some time off um, my work and 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 went over there and um, it was nice to be able to have a break and to be able to go over and see family and yep. just spend time with them more than anything and I really love you know Italy in general but you know going you know over the last couple of years um, and just going and spending time with family and doing a little bit of sightseeing and things like that it's just really made me connect a bit more to my Italian culture um, and being able to find out, you know, where, where my, my nonni come from, where my biz nonni come from and, and, um, and where, you know, where, where it all started and, and what, and what it looks like and, you know, the changes and, you know, where, you know, not nonni were, were married in, you know, in, in the church and, and all, all the different, you know, things that, that I was told as a, as a child, you know, this is the, this is, and this is what, what I wanted to experience. Yeah. So um, the first time I went, I was 25 and just did a little bit of, you know, touristy things. And then after that, I met up with some, with the family and um, just spent time with them and just was able to, you know, embrace it, you know, speak yeah. to them, be with them, you know, and, and it was just amazing. And then after that, I, as soon as I came back to Sydney, I booked my next trip straight away back. The yeah, you get year. the bug, hey, and you just want to go yeah. back straight away. It's happened to Josie and I. Um, no, it sounds <laughs> awesome. It's um, That's right. Like you're describing it, um, it, it is ab the absolute best thing that you can do. And it's something that we've mentioned on many episodes. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have done these sorts of things. Uh, but the, for the ones that have not, we always talk about it and um, sort of explain just how, you know, it's so special. But until you do it yourself, it's hard to actually really 
kind of explain the feeling. Um, and whereabouts is your family from? They're from different areas and regions, or are they all from the same sort of spot? Yeah, so I've got um, my dad's side of the family um, is from Naples, so a, okay. a little town out, out of Naples called Benevento. Yep. And that's yep. where, where they're from. And then my mum's side of the family, I've got um, my nonno on my mum's side. He was from uh, Calabria. Okay. Uh, yep. He was from a, a town called Gioiosa and Grotteria. That's where yep. he was from. Yep. And then my nonna was from Sicily and she was from um, a town called Messina. Okay, and yep. So that's where they came from. And um, I also do have some family up in the north. So what had happened was uh, my dad's side of the family, cousins and things, when they were a little bit younger, they sort of got sick of the, you know, living in Campania. So they moved yep. up north and yep. they started their life up in um, Pordenone. Oh, and yep. so they, they're enjoying their 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 life in north but they do come down to the south um yep. and that's where um generally i will meet them um when, when i go um and yeah so when i went there recently i did actually go to messina and i did actually see where my nonna like the non my nonna's house was and where she was born and where she grew up and um i went previously yeah it was very special and i went previously but because i was younger it didn't really click properly but yep. this time when I went it, it was amazing it was amazing just to be able to tr try and picture what it was like living in those days you know and like having the Duomo and having the clock go off every hour yeah, you know yeah. knowing that that was the time you know because yep. there was no clock back yep. then and that was the only way they could count the time so you know like it was just it, it really grabbed me it really really grabbed me especially in my nonna's town in Messina I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was just amazing. Um, and just like there was just something about it when I was there. I just felt really special. Oh, uh, look, I think Josie can probably expand on that as well. We've had um, very similar experiences. And Bianca, you're a little bit like us, I suppose, in the sense that we have a few different regions in our um, Italian makeup as well. Um, Josie, do you want to touch on any of – sorry, before I keep cutting you off like I always do. Ah, oh, that's Sorry. fine. Um, I'm used no. to it. Um, but yeah, I do Here agree because we visited Messina one time. Yes, and briefly. Yeah, it is a beautiful spot as well. No, I was going to I was going to ask Bianca um if she has any um more connections um like do you feel more connected to say Napoli or Benevento or Messina, Sicilia, or anywhere or even Calabria? You mentioned you have a was you sorry your nun was from Calabria or. Um, yeah, yeah, do you feel, do you have a region you feel yeah. a bit more strongly I think, connected? I think every time I go to one of those little villages, I have a little special connection, but I guess the the major connection I have is Benevento because that's where my dad's family was from and that's where I spent a lot a lot more time. And okay. I do have friends from Benevento that, that I've created connections with. And, you know, you, once you go, you know, over time you start to form connections with the shopkeepers and you yes. know like you start to get to know the, the people at the bar and and I do have quite a few friends in Benevento and so I do have a very strong you know connection to Benevento and um beautiful yeah I do I really I really enjoy it and um yeah it's 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 just beautiful I mean you know it's just oh, sometimes it's, it's speechless I, I there's this this I just can't even get the words out of my mouth sometimes 
Yeah, no, you're doing a good job. Um, we actually did an episode. I think was it our episode number five, Josie, when we dedicated the whole episode to yes. visiting Italy, and it's basically all about this. We just spoke the whole time about visiting the towns where our family's from, and um. So, um, what family have you got in Australia, Bianca? So, did your parents meet here? Yeah, so um, my dad was born in Italy, and then he came out um at a young age. My mum was born in Australia and raised in um, a typical Italian family. Um, and so they were actually an arranged marriage. <laughs> wow. Oh, there's lots of those um, back in so those days. Yeah. They met through them. <laughs> they met through like family friends. So like the nonni had like be like, I've got this girl and I've got this boy. And you know, like let's see if they, you know, if they like each other and, and see what happens. So that's how they met through the the communal, like the you know the community um and um and and so my mum is one of seven and so all her siblings were born here and my dad is one of three and so I've got all I've got all my 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 mum's family here and all my dad's family just my um uh immediate uh aunties uncles um and cousins so each each of my aunties and uncles got married and then had three kids each. Yep. <laughs> um, and then I've got just uh, both um, just my my nonna on my dad's side is alive and my nonna on my mum's side is alive and they're both here in Australia. Lovely, mm, great. And obviously your parents are from different regions in Italy. So when you were a child, was that something that you could notice the difference between, you know, the Napolitani and, you know, the Calabresi side, Sicilian side? Tell us about that. Obviously the dialect, you can, you can definitely hear the difference in the dialect from the, from the, the, the Napolitana side to the, to the, the, the Sicilian side and, and the Calabresa side. Um, and it's it's just funny listening to the different dialects, you know, and listening how how they communicate. And and when we are all together, we end up just speaking like, I guess, a mix of all of it because Yeah, yeah I can imagine. We, we just, you know, that's what we're used to. And that's and that's how how, you know, how the upbringing was, you know, as 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 I was young, like that, you know, there'd be a little bit of conversation in Napolitani, and then there'd be a little bit of conversation in in Calabrese, and then there'd be a little bit of conversation in English, and then there'd be broken English, and then you know, like it it was just it was fun. I I thought it was really fun, and I think it still is fun. The only problem is, is as we get older, I know that especially with my cousins and stuff, as we get older, we tend to get a bit more distant, and things change a bit more, and we don't tend to be with each other as much, you know. The, the young ones move on with their lives and, you know, they, they, they move on and, and they, they're not as proud, I guess, from what I can see, the, you know, um, they, they obviously they're, they're living an Australian life. So they're obviously more Australianized than they are, you know, with the Italian community. And, um, you know, if somebody cooks a plate of pasta, yeah, they'll be there. No worries, you know, but anything else, <laughs> it's yeah. not really, um, as of interest, I guess. Yeah. But what I find really interesting is that my mum, um, she's really passionate about the family tree and and developing the family tree and growing the family tree and seeing where it started from to where 
where it is now. And when we were in when when we were in Italy, we actually went to um, the church and we spoke to the priest and we looked at the records and we were able to get some more information of some more family members from way back. And we found one family member on my dad's side. It started off with a nun, um, and her name was Angela Santucci, and somehow from this nun it developed and the family developed. And it was really interesting actually because just seeing these old records, seeing how they used to write, seeing that they're like, they're trying to really still keep them alive, these records. Um, oh, that's epic, yeah. So that that I found really interesting and I, and I find finding out what, you know, Biznonni used to do and all that kind of stuff was really interesting. Um, and... And just trying to picture what it used to look like in those days, obviously, you know, things at times have changed, but, you know, things like the cobblestones are always there. And so you're walking on the same cobblestones that your family members walked on, you know. Yep. So yeah, I, you I find that really interesting. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, so, done, um, I've done some extensive um, research on our family tree as well, um, but not when I was in Italy, and that's something that my next trip I go back, like you're saying, if you actually go to the Comuna there and the churches, and the it's churches. probably easier where I've yep. been doing it all I've online. I've heard that a lot. Um, yeah, the ancestry. churches are a great record if you are actually in Italy or if you've got somebody who's on a holiday over there or any relatives that are living there, if they're able to visit churches, apparently that is a fantastic source of information. So, yeah, glad that you were able to find that. Yeah, I, I I did the ancestry test as well, and um, it, that that was also quite interesting. And and I did get a few messages come through from people like in America that obviously are cousins, but I didn't know. Um, so that that's that's another way of obviously I guess connecting with people, and you know, then now now we're friends on Facebook. But um, it's it's interesting how something so little, you know, becomes yeah. this amazing transformation. <laughs> yeah, um, there's also a really good website. I'm not sure if you use it. Um, it's called the Antonati, and that's basically like I think it is kind of the church books and records, but obviously like digitalized, and it's pretty hard. It's kind of like a needle in a haystack because you can't search a surname or any name. You've got to kind of like go to the index, and it's in alphabetical order, obviously. But it's it's pretty hard and a slow progress. But I've used that, and I've gone back pretty far for some lines. Um, and yeah, that's a pretty cool website as well in terms of records, but a little bit hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you um what you do with your time in Sydney? So I'm an outdoorsy person. I like to spend my, my time outdoors. Um I love animals. Um and so, you know, obviously I put outdoors animals, you know, together to create my business. Um I do like to, you know, get out with friends, you know, catch up go to the pub, everything like that. Um, and and I also do like my downtime and just, you know, being at home and, you know, just chilling out and watching Netflix and, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> mm, sounds good. <laughs> so, and then, you know, I do obviously do go visit family, go and see both nonnas when I can and, um, you know, just help them and um recently my nonna on my dad's side she had a hip replacement so she was in the hospital and it was really funny actually because she you know the, the nurses are trying to communicate and she's just like they like they did like they just don't understand me Bianca like I can't yeah. do it 
Yeah. You know, so being there to translate and just, you know, chat to oh, go to do yeah. Been there, done that. <laughs> open up a can of worms. Our nunnu, I used to joke, he passed away. One of our nunnus passed away about 15 years ago. The other one from the Calabresi side passed away only three years ago. So we had a little bit more to do with him just because he's around for longer. Um, and I used to always joke and say that he must have had the record for the most nights slept in the hospital where we are down in Bunbury because he was always in there, but like he was always, would you say, Joe's a little bit hypochondriac? Poor Nunu was always like, stomach and stomach. Yeah, yeah. Then, I don't know. I mean, he, he, I don't know, but he, he ended up there a lot for like one or two nights. And I swear he just enjoyed it, you know, see the yeah. nurses and he was well known the there. They young nurses him. and stuff. And, um, but yeah, they, he was a good he, patient, he, you know, like he was yeah, friendly. Oh, he was good, but he, they couldn't understand him. He couldn't, nah. it was just always a shambles and we'd go there. And some of the things I'd walk in sometimes mid conversation and he'd be talking, we'd run the staff and I'll just put my face in my hands and just be like yeah it's just a shambles but um yeah very very funny <laughs> yeah so I yeah no it she would say oh the food is rubbish and you know like and I said look you're in here you have to get better once you get yeah. better then you can go back you know so um but now that um she's she's at home she's got assistance and stuff and um I do go and um I actually went yesterday and she goes, oh, can you fix the clock for me? Because it's daylight savings. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's right. It is. Yeah. So, I just started um, for you guys. Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah. So she goes, oh, and then I had to fix her hearing aids. And yeah. So, um, yeah, it, you know, like she does like love it when I go there because obviously, you know, I, out of the, out of the grandchildren on that side, I speak, Italian to her the other grandchildren don't yeah. um so she actually speaks English but I do I do speak to her in Italian I just speak to her in both but yeah she does like it the fact that I speak to her in Italian because um you know that's her her main language and that's what what she knows and you know she always speaks it and she speaks it on the phone and she speaks it to everybody else so yeah um so yeah so um she she sometimes she says you know like why to the other grandchildren why can't you speak Italian like Bianca you know <laughs> yeah yeah no i know the one other i think actually bianca from your um story so far i feel like we've had a fairly um similar sort of experience hey josie with us because yes. we're sort of um some of the grandchildren um some of our first cousins as well really don't speak any italian which is fine everyone's had a different experience a different interest but um josie and i aren't too bad with italian so we would speak a little bit with the grandparents and stuff as well and probably some of the only two or three that kind of do so i know what you mean they kind of do they do like that because like you said it's their first language and it's just a special touch and um i think it's beautiful and how old is your nonna she turned 86 in the beginning of the year yeah yeah, yeah our nonna's 87 we've yeah, only got similar. one grandmother left um nonna maria who's going to get an episode at some stage soon which is going to be a cracker um yeah. and yeah she's 87 now and she's doing really well so they're just staunch in those in those days. Hey, that um, generation in particular, the ones that sort of sacrifice everything and immigrated, they're just so strong and staunch and um, absolute best. I love them all. Yeah, they're they're like made of steel. I think. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about the business that you had because I um, I haven't quite caught what kind of business that is. Yeah, so I run. Uh, so my business is Barking with Bianca. And it's a dog training, doggy daycare, and we also do pet sitting. That's so fantastic. Barking, Barking with Bianca has been around for five years um, and it's a very community-based uh, business. Uh, I started um, when I got my 
my little dog uh, um, five years ago and um, I would go to the dog park, the local dog park, and I'd have a chat to people and that's where my business started from. Yeah. <laughs> and and I loved it. I loved going and talking to people in the in the park and, you know, meeting people, you know, meeting different people, you know, um, and it was great. It was really good for me and um, and I really liked it because, I do struggle a little bit with mental health. And so that was a like a bit of an outlet for me. And I guess, you know, animals really help people that have got mental health. So mm-hmm. so that's where, where it all started. And I started right at the beginning, I started doing dog walking. Um, and then um, I put the feelers out there and I see what, what else people wanted. And so then they said, "Oh, you know, we we might we, we would like if there would be do- doggy daycare local." So then I started doing that, and it just sort of took off. Um, and funnily enough, during COVID, um, because I was a um, uh, essential worker, worker. yeah, essential yep. worker, I was classified as an essential worker. I um, I was allowed to work, and I was allowed to actually continue running my business. Um, and because it was outdoors, I was running my business outdoors and, um, and I was, I was exercising animals. Um, and I also had a job where I had a client in hospital, so I had to go to her house and feed the dogs. So I had to continue working. Um, and yeah. And so from there it just continued and it just, you know, I put my mask on and I was off, you know, and, um, and you were still allowed to go to the dog park. People were still allowed to take their dogs out and exercise their dogs. And um, it just it just kept growing and growing and growing. And then I wrote a book um, oh, wow. oh, awesome. from that. So it, was a, so it was a children's book that I wrote um, and it was on an online bookstore um, for about a year. It was on, on the online bookstore. And I just created a children's book about the dogs in the dog park. And, again, by doing that, it then just created more um, connections and more connections and more connections. And so, um, yeah, and then I just, everyone started to know who I was and started to recommend me and, and you know, it was just amazing being able to see the community come together and like with with something that, that, that they needed assistance with because a lot of people do have pets these days. And so, you know, um, it was something that allowed people to connect with their pets and continue to grow and allow their pets to grow and develop as well. So, and then the training came up as the next part of it. And then pe- that's when people were really on board because they wanted us, they wanted more assistance with their dogs and training. And especially during COVID, there was a lot of um, behavioral issues that developed because of COVID, because people were working from home. And, and then, yeah, it just, it just continued to grow and it still continues to grow this day, this day, up to this day, um, when, um, I just get out in the community and just talk to people and connect with different networking, um, uh, businesses, uh, recently connecting with a women's business and, and now I'm a mentor for ladies in business as well. So I, I, I really like networking and I like to reach out to people and so that's how this little business has, has developed and there's so many parts of this business now so you know now also what I do is I also collect for homeless and disadvantaged and their pets because 
those people sometimes get forgotten about and pets obviously are the only things that they have in their life. And so I get, get donations coming through and then I give them out to the, to the charity um, that needs it. So, um, and, and then I've won uh, local business awards and local awards um, for what I've done, for what I've achieved, um, being a part of Channel 7 Young Achievers Awards for, again, developing my business. Uh, I was on telly and I also have done radio as well um, to showcase who I am and what I do. And I think it's just really important for people to understand that, you know, pets are obviously a part of our families these days and people just need an, some assistance and that's well, what I'm love here their for. pets, don't um, they? Lucas, why don't you tell oh. – um, you should hear about Lucas's dog. Oh. I don't have any pets um, at the moment, but you Bianca, should hear about Lucas's yeah. dog. Firstly, I think that's awesome what you're doing. Um, I've done – is it a 180? Josie, I used yes. to always say 360, but that takes you back to where you started. Hey? Yep. So let's say I've done a 180. So <laughs> when, when, when we um, – sorry, yeah, just to go back and touch on No, that is awesome. Um, I loved everything you just said that you've done, you're doing, because um, I'm a dog lover now, which um, <laughs> most people close to me know, and a lot of my mates still can't believe and handle because um i'll go back to the start so josie and i didn't have dogs when we were younger like we had a cat and stuff but it's completely different we didn't um grow up with dogs and um especially i've done the 360 though i actually have done a 360 you've done a 360 you've done a 180 so, so my wife um she's had dogs in her family since she was young and she was a dog lover and uh, we've been together for oh, over 10 years now and probably for the first five six years she was always on me like let's get a dog let's get a dog I made every possible excuse to not get a dog like just <laughs> clutching her straws in the in the in the very end and we moved into like a house in the big backyard and the people who lived here before us that we brought the house off they had a dog and the Vanessa's like nah that's it this house like needs a dog and I was like how can a house need a dog she's like you know it's set up perfectly for a dog so long story short she basically just went behind my back and she got a dog and he's a big american staffy cross labrador beautiful dog um and like you said um he was almost um not like a care dog but the he ended up being a rescue dog because we had to take him off someone who was struggling from mental health issues and i feel like he was basically looking after her i know that like the dog meant everything to this lady but she couldn't take him to the facility that she was getting shifted into so We've basically ended up with this dog and he was such a beautiful nature dog. Um, very, very sad. He ended up getting cancer and got put down um, in his prime. He was only six or so. So that devastated yeah, me. I was, was so... That was terrible. Jumped. And still am. It was only at the start of last year that um, I couldn't believe it because I kind of fell in love with this dog and we were best mates after only a couple of days. And I realized like I wasted 30 odd years of my life not having a dog. Anyway, um, yeah, that was Devo. And then... Vanessa wanted to get a new dog and I was still a bit upset about the old dog. So we adopted this new dog. Um, he's just sleeping outside here on my left. He's a, this is a massive unit Rottweiler. He's about 60 kgs, um, purebred Rottweiler. And the best part of the story here is that he only speaks Italian. So I haven't said this story on the podcast yet because it hasn't <laughs> popped up, but um, we went to do the meet and the greet of the, um, he was in foster care. He's another rescue dog and real token sort of Aussie family. <laughs> this guy's like, Oh, there's only one problem. He doesn't understand any English. I was like, what do you mean? And then he's like, oh, well, his owner, um, original owner had to go back to Italy and he ended up with us and that sort of thing. Oh, so um, wow. um, he goes, but, you know, then I'm not even sure because um, he doesn't seem to understand Italian either. I was like, well, hold on, like, I'm getting confused. <laughs> and then this bloke, he's like, I used the Google Translate and no offense to the guy, but he wasn't quite nailing the language or the accent. I think he was like, what did you say? Like, 
to say un bravo carne or something. I just like, you know, and I was just like, oh, I basically looked at him. I said, they and the He just jumped straight in the car and we come back home to Bunbury. But um, yeah, so he's beautiful. And I speak to him in it Italian. He knows all be, this. Lucy. What was that? Sorry. Meant to it be. It was meant to be. Oh, that's what my wife says. My wife's just, she couldn't believe it. Of all dogs that we end up with and everything. So now we just walk around all day, you know, going for our walks. So if you say to him, let's go for a walk, he doesn't move. He just lays there, doesn't even lift his ear. I say, Dai, andiamo. He jumps straight up, runs to the door. pronto. He gets up, you know, like Alzate, he gets up. But everything, like you say, vieni qua, siedi, seduto, everything he does. If you say it in English, he just looks at you. So it's, you know, I know they can be bilingual apparently, but it's pretty, um, it's pretty evident. His English is non-existent really. So it's pretty funny. Um, wow. That's amazing. That is just cool amazing. Story. Yes. Um, but that brings me to a point that when I was in Italy, um, and I did when when I was walking around in, in the different villages, it's very dog friendly, and there is a lot of lot of dogs and cats about. And what I what I found really interesting is that every so often there would be a little bit of a pit stop, and they'd have a couple of bowls out the front, you know, with this fancy little stand and a and this sign, you know. And I thought to myself, wow, we do have them in Australia, but it's very rare. Very rare that you see them. And you do obviously see them around the dog parks mainly. But, um, and I've just found it really interesting. I was like, wow, this is amazing. It, but then it could also be there for the strays as well, which yes. I think is amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I just, I don't know. I just, I would take a photo everywhere I went, I would take a photo because I just thought that's something that maybe I could bring back here. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they yes, do love yes. their dogs in Italy. Absolutely love them. Yes. Yeah. They do. And yeah. even like just being able to go everywhere with them, going into the shopping centers, going into the hotels, going into, you know, everywhere you go, these dogs are allowed, you know. And um yeah, no, it was just nice to be able to see people walking around different places with their dogs and just the interactions that they had with them. You know, I do see a lot of interactions here and a lot of people, you know, in Australia, their, their lifestyle is a bit different, you know, get up, take the dog for a walk, go to work, come back, you know, take the dog for a walk. And, like, it's sort of, you know, but um, in Italy I find they really embrace them. They really, you know, I guess almost treat them like children, really, when you think about it. Yeah. You know, that is true. Um, Most of our family over there have dogs. Um, the only thing I've noticed is that sometimes I do feel kind of a bit sorry for the dogs because like one of their uncles that has one, it's not really the best yard for and that sort of thing. But I suppose it is what it is. It's just how a lot of the apartment blocks are. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. they get looked after and stuff, but I feel a bit sorry for those dogs compared to like my dog. I'm looking out the window here to my backyard, um, big block. And, and what just, they, yeah. yeah, roam around on the lawn and um, yeah, beautiful sort of area to have a dog. And he loves just rolling on the lawn and yeah just playing and then yeah, some of those dogs yeah, I've noticed that our family has like not everyone necessarily has much lawn or any lawn really it's kind of you know what I mean like more like the apartment block styles uh, but I suppose yes. it is what it is and they're still getting like a loving sort of environment and home which is yeah. nice um, but yeah not quite as good as having a big block but I mean that's the beauty <laughs> of Australia in general I suppose as well how we get to no, live that, and, that's yeah, yeah having that backyard and, and allowing that you know yeah, allowing your dog to, to have that, that freedom, I guess. But um yeah. but yeah, even, even, but space. even if they are 
yeah, even if they are living in the in the apartment blocks, that that you can see, you can still see that like they're happy. Oh yes, you know, yep. like it's really interesting the animals. But sometimes I think here, dogs that live in apartments are a little bit a little bit sad. Yeah, you know, because I don't know, like there's just something about their behavior and their personality, you know. Um, but no matter what, I always find that Italians in general are always happy. You know, they don't worry a lot. They're very relaxed, you know, yeah, and yeah. I really admire that. I really do admire that because our lifestyle in Australia is very stressful at times, you know, when we're yes. working and stuff, you know, and we, we, you know, we do put a lot, a lot a lot of pressure on ourselves to work. But yeah. I really admire the fact that they're just so relaxed, you know, even even if they even if they work, they're still relaxed. You know, definitely down like, south. Well, yeah, for sure. Doing? I mean, well, you're like us, we're <laughs> southern Italian. Um, down south, I feel like, say, well, our family, we've got Rome through further down south. And I feel like from our experiences from yeah, say Rome and down, what you're saying is hundred percent spot on. They kind of um enjoy their life a bit more than us, I think. Um, yeah, it's a different mindset. And, yeah. 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 No, I do yeah, agree yeah. with that as well, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then and even if they've got like it's really funny, sorry to cut you off, Lucas, no, but right. even if they've got um say like health issues or diabetes or whatever, they'll be like, you know, worries, you know, I'm good, I'm still yeah. alive, I'm here, I'm happy, yeah. you know, like just the the attitude as well. Like I just admire it. I just think it's amazing, you know, and here we are, we come here and we stress, you know, oh I've got diabetes, I've got this, I've got I've got to do this, I've got to do my doctor says to you know, all this stuff and I just, I, yeah, I just admire them so much about the way that they live their lifestyles. And they live long, like, yes. I think all over Italy, but I know Southern Italy as well, like, it's not uncommon at all for people to hit 100. No, um, that's exactly right. Exactly heaps. right. Yeah. Got to be something that could be a that. whole new episode title there, How to Live to 100. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's obviously Mediterranean diet, like, you know, the proper Mediterranean <laughs> diet, getting all the fresh produce yeah, and how they yes. live in Southern Italy and yes. everything. Um, yeah, it's very... um quite natural and wholesome and all that sort of stuff. But I was going to ask about the doggy daycare in particular. Um, we've got one here close to where I live in Bunbury. And the lady that actually runs it is Italian. Um, she's been in Australia for maybe 10 years or so. And um, it's really good because every time when I go and see her, and it's great because she looks after my dog um, when we're away. And obviously she she speaks Italian as a first language, so it's great. So she looks after Django and that's all good. But um, I go into the doggy daycare every now and then to um, see her, to arrange her, look after our dog and she house sits and stuff. And it just looks like the best time. There's dogs just running amok in there. It's almost like, like, I don't know, like um, a school for dogs, I suppose. They just get dropped off and there'll be like 10 dogs there at once. And I end up staying there for like an hour just playing with all the dogs as well. Then I come home and my wife's like, what have you been doing? I was like, oh, just having a chat to Pamela. But I was basically just playing with all these dogs and it looks like the best fun. It is lots and lots and lots of fun. And, you know, just seeing them play, interact, being outdoors, you know, and I loved, I love seeing them grow and develop. And I, and a lot of my daycare dogs came to me when they were puppies and they've sort of grown up sort of together in their groups and, um, you know, just seeing them develop from puppy into, you know, adult, adulthood um, and just seeing their behavioral changes, you know, how they now adapt, you know, and, yeah, the interactions are amazing, really, you know, and then it's interesting when you bring a new dog in, what happens and how they adapt and, you know, some dogs will just take this dog under their wing and go, you know what, you can be my best friend and let's go and, and have a party, you know. Um, 
but but others, you know, sort of a little bit like, oh, I'm not too, not too sure, and they take a bit of time to warm up and 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 get used to the routine. But um, the dogs the dogs actually really love it. They really do love it. And like you said, Lucas, it is a school for dogs, and yeah. um, they know when they're coming. I don't know how they they know, but they know what days that they're that they're on. And a lot of them will be sitting by the door or waiting at the window or wherever I pick them up from, and um, and they they enjoy seeing. I say they enjoy seeing their doggy friends because it's the same dogs that come each week and, you know, and yeah. um, it's the same dogs that they've been coming with since they were young. So, um, you know, yeah. And and the owners are really funny as well because, you know, they're like, okay, off you go, off you go to school, play with your friends, be nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're dropping <laughs> you know, them so off and then it's... just come back and get them at the end and, yeah. It, it's funny. It really is. But. The owners actually really enjoy seeing, you know, the interactions because I send photos through as well. Yes. And, um, and they just love the photos that they receive from me and they love, you know, just uh, just seeing what, what they get up to, you know. And, and yep. um, yeah, so, no, it is. It is really interesting. And we, I, I took a few dogs down to the river. Uh, the last couple of days because it was a bit hot up here yep. and and the owners just thought it was fabulous you know just allowing the dogs to have some freedom and run run you know up and down the river and have a bit of a I, I do treat these dogs as if they were, were my own dogs and um you know I do go that that little extra bit and you know I just put that little uh, I guess pizzazz in there and um and and that's why the, my clients really really love me for what I do so yeah Beautiful. yeah what a great yeah. service it's unreal, and it is nice to get the photos. Um, whenever my wife and I we go away, we get this lady Pamela from the doggy daycare. She comes and will house sit, or at least come and like feed him and walk him and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, she'll often send through photos of what they're doing, and um, it's always nice because you miss your pets. Like you go away, even if for a couple of nights. I'm always thinking, oh, I hope the dog's okay. Like I said, like my yeah. lots of my mates are like, is this guy for real? Like, he never cared about dogs, and I wouldn't even pat my <laughs> dog. And I must admit, it wasn't like I was probably like a little bit scared of dogs as well. Like you know when when you're younger and we never had dogs yeah. so sometimes yeah. like we'd go somewhere people had big dogs and um you yeah, had a few experiences that weren't the best like actually one of my mates rock willers mm-hmm. like actually bit my ankle once and i remember josie we got chased by blue healers but so this is when we're kids and probably comes from yeah not understanding but as you get a little bit older now like i said i've done that 180 and i'm like best mates with my dogs you know um just yeah, pretty much spend a lot of time and just, I'm happy staying at home and playing with my dog, you know, like my wife's always like, your life's done now. You just, you, you'd rather be at home than, you know, with the dog and doing almost anything else now. So I have done a 180 there. So I think what you're doing is amazing. It's really cool. And um, yeah, stoked to um hear how well it's going and um, yeah, we really hope it keeps going well. And um, yeah, we're sure the listeners will love to hear this one. And um, yeah, that's awesome. It really is. Absolutely. We will, um we'll put some links in the show yes. notes. Um. Bianca, just um, for your website and a so few Bianca, things there. You, yeah, also, can you um, just say the business name again and wherever people can find you and if they want to get in contact and everything like that. Like Josie said, we will link to it, but maybe just say your business name again and everything for people. Yeah, so my business name is Barking with Bianca and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, t- uh, TikTok, and we do have a website as well. Barking with Bianca. Awesome. Yep. No worries. And we will definitely link to that in our show notes. That's 100%. right. So Bianca, it's been awesome speaking with you. Um, we'd like to thank you again for reaching out, 
Um, I mean, we could have spoke for so long. It's just like catching up with a family member. I feel like we have a really nice sort of shared experience. Um, and maybe we can chat again down the line. Um, but thank you so much for reaching out and coming on the show. I'm sure the listeners will love this episode. Um, it was lots yeah. of fun. Thank you, Bianca. This has been a great chat. And we wish you, you all the you very best. Me. Thank you no so much. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Ciao for now. Ciao for now. Ciao for now.